This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, Jim, we have a new Dundee United manager. In fact, we have a new Dundee United management team, both of both of which we will discuss. No shocks. I think we all saw this one coming. We saw the the change at the top coming for for months now, and we're pretty much there was well, listen. It always looked. I mean, we don't know how many people they spoke to, or whether it was official interviews or just maybe just sort of. Sounding out a couple of guys, you know, discreet conversations in the background, but I think we kind of all thought it would be Tam Courts in the end, and Tam Courts it is, Jim. What are we what are we making what are we making of it now that it's official? What are you making well, first of all, what are you making of the guy's unveiling and how he's presented himself on the in house TV and then to our good selves and the broadcast media? Well, um, the first thing is, is it a risky appointment? Yes, it's a risky appointment. Everyone, uh, every appointment in football is. We've seen that too, you know, with the, with the appointment of the new Celtic manager. The, a lot of Celtic fans up in arms about that, not a big enough name and all the rest of it. A lot of United fans up in arms um, with Tom Courts because they think he's not a big enough name. They wanted someone who was um, arguably more experienced, you know, knows the game and all the rest of it. Um, there's other United fans that take a view that, um, OK, this might be something fresh, exciting and, and innovative. Um, it's, it, there'll be a combination of concerns there. Like, I mean, I'm long past the stage of talking about the fans because, you know, you put 100 fans in a room, you got 100 different views. So <clears throat> is it a risk? Yes, it's a risk. Um, the way it was presented, um, I, I, I think for a couple of weeks, we, we, you know, maybe more now, we've all pretty much known that it was leading in the direction of Tom Courts. Um, <clears throat> has it been driven by the sporting director, Tony Asgar, uh, and, and the Ogrens who, who own the club, father and son. Um, yes, because that's, it's a private football club. Okay. You know, I used to say this in the days of Stephen Thompson with people, and, and it's the same with Celtic. You know, well, Celtic is slightly different the way they're organised, but you know, when people talk about our club, it is, it is, yes, it is your club. It's your club emotionally, spiritually, in your heart, in your gut. But legally, it's not. Legally, this is a private football club, and a private football club puts professional people in charge to um, run the club as they see fit. And what United see fit at the moment through their owners and their sporting director is to appoint Tam Courts. And, and you know, literally, the only thing that fans can do about that if they're not happy is not buy their season book and t- turn up. But over 4,000 of them have already, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, th- that indicates, as it usually does, the vast bulk of people... You know, support the club. They don't support individuals who come or go, whether it's Tom Courts, whether it's um, Tony Asgard, whether it's Jim McLean, whether it's, you know, whoever, over a long period of time. They support the club. The club is indivisible in many respects. And people go along and they hope that the people who are in charge make the right decisions. And that's all you can do in this situation. You can hope that the right decision has been made. Tom Courts might turn it to be an absolute flop. He might turn it to be an absolute, um, uh, you know, genius. Um, There are plenty of managers who have not played at any great level um, and, and, you know, have worked their way through. So it all depends, I think, at the end of the day on what the players think. When you you assemble players in a dressing room, um, you know, coaching, I think, great coaching relies on simplicity, getting a, you know, a message home with, with fairly simple terms and simple to understand terms. Can he do that? Can he translate the kind of messages, what he wants on the, on the training field, onto the pitch um, where players... A, understand it, B, accept it. Because a dressing room is a, can be a very hostile place when they, they don't trust a manager or they don't they very quickly see through a, a manager. So it, it will very quickly, I think, um, fall into place whether this is not is going to work or not. But I'm open-minded about it. I think, you, you know, I mean, I think uh, Derek Ray was kind of having a wee chat kind of with Derek Ray who used to work with me at the BBC many years ago now in the States. But this, we are sometimes very close-minded in Scotland about appointments of managers and all the rest of it. However, there is no doubt this is a big, big risk. Um, there are lots of things that Dundee United fans, or many Dundee United fans are unhappy about at the moment. Many of them are unhappy at the sporting director. Many of them are unhappy at the financial figures of the club. Many of them are unhappy at, um, at the appointment of Tam Courts. But, but, but many others just want to see the club and the team doing well on the park and, and and this will play itself out I think is the is the only um is the only answer to to, to your question. Sean Jim makes the point that everybody makes where you know every sporting director or chairman whoever whoever 
fronts up and, and speaks at an unveiling of a new manager, they always say every appointment's a gamble. And it is just, it's a fact because you're going into the unknown with a new appointment. You, 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 it's in, inarguable. But you can minimise the, the gamble, can't you? Have This is the one thing that it feels that, the one question mark I have over this appointment, and of course, we will see, could Dundee United have taken less of it? Well, apparently they could have taken less of a gamble, couldn't they? This this, this is this has to be at the, the, the top end of the scale as far as gambles are concerned, doesn't it, Sean? Well, it depends on the the context of that. Because, well, I mean, the, con- if, if the, con- the context being that he's never managed at the sort anywhere close to the level of Dundee United... He doesn't have the pedigree of leading a first-team squad of players of that stature. Um, so straight off the bat, that makes it more of a gamble, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a gamble there, but I think that the the context to which I'm referring is is the set the wider business plan and situation of the football club. It, I'm not. I'm not saying for a second that it's not a gamble or not a big gamble to appoint Tam, to appoint Tam Courts to the head coach role because, as you've said patently, it is, and it, 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 there would be a degree of it being a gamble for for anybody going in there. More so in Tam's case, Tam. <laughs> I'm on first name terms now. I've never even met the guy. Uh, <laughs> I believe he wants to be known as Thomas as well. By the way, rather oh, than no, Tom. I don't like that. By the way, but there we go. Anyway, so Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Courts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. You're you're right about where he's coming from, but United. I suppose that the one thing you could say from from Tony Askar's point of view is that United, as every club are, are in a u- unique situation in that, for whatever reason, they've made a decision a long time ago to funnel a lot of investment into this academy side of the club, and the the point of that being that the first team side of the club is going to be the beneficiary of that if the model functions properly right so to me you look at it and you think if they if they want someone to come in and make sure that that happens or has it uh, rather than make sure has it has a really good chance of allowing that to happen because they know what the system is at academy level they know what the plan is and they know kind of how the club functions at first team level as well then that appointment makes some sense to me. Now, would there have been another person external who could have come in and done a similar job with more experience? Probably I. Um, but I mean, from from the club's perspective, they've they've worked with this guy for well since February. He went in twenty twenty, so that's a year and a bit. It's not a huge amount of time, but evidently he's impressed people. United have said that you know he's he's impressed the board with his work. Now, without watching him on a daily basis, I, I can't really speak to that. But if, if they've been impressed with him and they think that he's got something about him and he's the man to ensure that their business plan with regard to funneling young players into the first team and making a success of them uh, is successful, then that's their decision. And it's as Jim's touched on, it's, it's a privately owned football club and the people who make the decisions have made them. But... I mean, of course, and they'll they'll accept this too. the The other side of that coin is that they'll be judged on those decisions. So that's that's the situation we find ourselves in. I think. This is Jim. Jim, this is this this is. I mean, I wouldn't. I when I looked to the, I we've talked about this for weeks now because we knew which way it was going. We didn't know for weeks it was going to be Tam Courts, but we knew the direction of travel, and. We all kind of, I think we all pretty much agreed that this this is where Dundee United have to go. This they have to get this out. They've they've invested fortunes in their academy. They're starting to see, you know, the rewards of that with young players breaking into the first team. So it would be madness to to not go down this this route, this business plan, if you like. And you know, Mickey Mellon again without having worked with him we you know we got an impression we, we saw the teams he put out we saw the tactics this wasn't going to be a long-term solution for them because you know his, his managerial dna is different and so he you could see he served the purpose of establishing the team in the top flight after you know a turbulent period with covid and then robbie nielsen leaving 
and I could totally see why they wanted to move away from that and get to the next stage. The problem I'm going to have, and again, it, it may well work out, but the, the gamble for me, the risk, is that they've want to go from A to Z. They've got to about D or E with what they've done with Robbie Nielsen, Mickey Mellon, the natural development, and they've unnecessarily jumped from E all the way to Z, whereas they could have made another appointment all along that route that would have got them further to a TAM So basically, what I'm trying to say is, should TAM courts have been the next appointment, not the current one? Well, I, 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 there's a couple of things that, that strike me. One, uh, you know, people talk about experience. And, uh, you know, the first question I would ask is this. How, how much experience is enough experience? When have you got enough experience? I mean, to, you know, let, let's, let's give uh, uh, Tom his, his, his Sunday name. I'll, I'll, I'll start to be called James. Well, let's, let's, Thomas Course, okay? Um, he's 39. He's not a boy. He operated at, um, people say he operated at a, a much lower level. Yes, he did um, at, at Kelty. Junior football can be a pretty brutal level to work at, you know. I mean, you, you, there are a lot of players in the dressing room at junior football will will be no less adept at not taking prisoners than in a senior football, you know. I mean, it's 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 a different environment in terms of crowds and money and all the rest of it, in terms of talent and quality. But it's still a very, very tough environment to to learn your trade as a player or as a manager or whatever. So, you know, he's not a boy. He's a man. He's 39 years of age. He's a man. Um now, in terms of is he, uh, you know, is he the was he the right man? But one, you know, should it, should he be in the next appointment? Well, who, who did various United fans want? They didn't want John Hughes. They didn't want Malky Mackay. They didn't want this one. Didn't want that one. Didn't want the next one. And people will make these decisions. I mean, you know, that one of the few advantages. Is Stephen Robinson. Here's one yeah, for you then, yeah. Jim. Stephen well, Robinson. Well, but, Why not a Stephen Robinson who who had who has experience in the top flight and had. And had a had a history of developing, bringing through young players at Motherwell. Well, he's ended up at Morecambe. Now, if you ask most Dundee United fans about Morecambe, where Derek Adams had just left after winning in promotion to League One, they they, they would think that Morecambe wasn't in uh, wasn't in United's uh, uh, class. And and I, I would argue exactly it's exactly the same. Small market town, north uh, northwest of England. Um, however, he's gone there. What we don't know is did United speak to somebody like uh, like that, or or would he have fitted in with United's plans? And I think this is the whole thing. You see, I. I it's my view, Eric, and I may be a million miles short of the truth, but the way that this has been developing, I've long thought of mentioning it, in the, in, in, I think, here and indeed in the column in the Courier, that I think United are going to be, this is the reason they haven't gone for a manager, they're going for a coach. I think this is going to be a collective management ethos at Tannadice. I, I saw Tony Asgar uh, yesterday. Tam Court says, Tam Court David, says different, David, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he, I, uh, he says he's the one going to be making the decision of yeah, transfers. Oh, yeah, making the decision, but, but they will, I mean, both, they have both made the point to think they will be challenging each other and that's a good thing I mean that's not any different from you know the newsroom well the, the sports newsroom when I worked at the BBC or or where you guys are at, at DC's on a, da- a daily basis you you know people challenge all the time what about that I'm not sure about that Have you? why are you doing this you know that's the nature of football and, and that's also why you've got a sporting director but ultimately at the end of the day the first team line up will come down to Thomas Courts as, as the manager, taking input from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Liam Fox's assistant and probably the guys around the bottom and probably youth coaches as well who will be chapping his door saying, I think so-and-so is worth a look at, uh, etc. So I think this will be much more of a collectivist ethos than it has been certainly previously under under Mickey Mellon and maybe even uh, under Robbie Nielsen. So there's a combination of things here. How much experience is enough experience? Um does he have sufficient experience and will he call the shots? Well, I, I think the, the days of someone absolutely calling all the shots in football, uh, you know, the, the, the days of even an Alex Ferguson are, are long gone. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe at the very, very top clubs it works. But usually when you go to the very top clubs, you've got, a, a, you know, you take the, the Barses and the, the Reals, you've got a, a, an uber strong chairman, you know, who or president who runs the club. And <clears throat> there's, there's much more, I think, of a, an ethos where the days of one man making the decision. It was a fascinating program a few weeks back um, about Aston Villa when they won the European Cup and all the rest of it. And Ron Saunders suddenly disappeared. He apparently asked for, uh, you know, he apparently asked for a, a deal that if they sacked him, he got three years' pay. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know the truth of that, but Saunders at the time seemed, you know, unsackable, unwalkawayable. But he did it. You know, um, maybe even back then the game was changing. So I, I mean, I don't think that. <clears throat> You know, people should be overly alarmed. The, 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 the pressure here 
if on any, well, it will be on two people. It will be on Tony Asgar to get it right, because if he doesn't get it right, if it goes spectacularly wrong, then there'll be a massive kickback and blowback from the fans. And if Thomas Coors doesn't get it right, similar. Um, the issue for, for uh, Thomas Coors is he's stepping up to uh, a level, uh, up to a pedigree, if you want, <clears throat> and up to a level of football that he, he, you know, he hasn't done before in terms of facing, you know, the, the Steven Gerrards, the, um, you know, the, <clears throat> I was about to say Derek McInnes, not Derek McInnes, of course. It's uh, Stephen Glass and people. Are, he's stepping up to a different level in terms of what he's putting his players out against. He's got to find absolutely in the heat of battle where, you know, three points lost at first team level is much, bluntly much more important than it is at, at, at youth level and all the rest of it. Uh, and fans are unforgiving. Two, three, four games in, they'll be on his case. I mean, Eric, I was one of those daft 18-year-old boys who stood shouting, McLean must go. In the, first, in the shed end at Tannadice when I was a young man, you know, uh, what did I know? What did any of us who were doing it uh, know? You know, so the, the, the key thing here for the people who run Dundee United is have they got confidence they made the right decision and are they prepared to hold their nerve when things get rough? Because things will get rough, undoubtedly. That's the nature of football, whether it's Man United, Real Madrid or Dundee United. Things get rough, things get tough. So only time will tell whether they've made the right decision here. And, 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 you know, the thing is, our job as journalists, bluntly, and, and this is what marks us out, let's be bl- brutal about this, this is what marks us out between us and the bloggers, and, and, and that's not knocking numbers. I mean, you know, I started off in the fanzine movement. There, there's a level of responsibility goes. We hear all the rumours and the tales and the suggestions and the dark hints about what's going on as well. If we can stand those up through hard evidence, that's fine. But, but you know, but if you can't, then you have to deal with the facts as they are. And the facts as they are at the moment are, A, Dundee United, they're a private club. They're owned by uh, an American father and son. They have in charge a sporting director and a finance director who have a great deal uh, to say and, and, and do with the club on the day-to-day running. And they've appointed the man that they think is the right manager, Thomas Coors. Um, now, you have to, therefore, trust their judgment until such times as it becomes apparent either that A, their judgment was seriously flawed or B, they got it spot on. I guess, Sean, the the, the proof will be in the pudding in a, in a whole lot of ways, but one of them will be if this goes wrong, as in Tam Courts and United, United, whenever they, if they decided to make a change down the line, they would have to now, they have to now stick to this course with their next appointment, the one after that, the one after that, don't they? So if the whole you would you would look back on this as a, as a really basically they can from from now on in they've got to go with this they've got to go with this profile of coach, haven't they? Because if they suddenly went back to you know somebody in their late fifties who's you know been round half a dozen clubs in Scotland. It would it would be an admission of you know they, they they got it totally wrong. This is a this is a very very defined course of travel they're on now, isn't it, Sean? I don't think it would be an admission that the model's wrong. I think it would again depend on circumstances, and I think if they got to a point where there was a, a sufficient emergency was felt, right that that would that would be it would have to be an admission that that a wrong appointment was made. But if they felt that. The result they wanted, let's say it's they're, they're facing relegation and, you know, time's getting tight and whatever. If they decided to make a move to salvage that situation and brought somebody of the profile you've just mentioned in to do a job in the short term or, or whatever, then I don't think it's a, an admission that the entire project hasn't worked. I, I think it's it would, it, would be, it would be indicative of the fact that there'd been a wrong appointment made. Um, and I don't necessarily think that in terms of how they may wish to appoint going forward. I, I, I mean, you, it's it, it's entirely possible that you will see the age profile of a head coach at Dundee United drop from Tam Courts onwards. But there's there's nothing to suggest that that while older head coaches may have you know certain ways that they want to work, that's not to say that there aren't head coaches of a certain age profile who who would be more than willing to adapt and to try and fit in with that model. So again, I, I, I think when we're, when we're looking down the track, there's 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 all sorts of potential uh, outcomes that we can look at and all sorts of potential events that might change those potential outcomes. So for, to to an extent, it's, we're, there's nothing there's nothing much concrete we can say at this point. I mean, the, the, the 
this appointment's just been made. And yeah, they, I mean, you've just said it, the proof will be in the pudding. Um, what'll happen? I've no idea. I, I genuinely don't. But I, I tend to think of myself in these circumstances as being someone who's like, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happens. And, and I'm not I'm not against this concept at all. I mean, I, I would, I would like to see it succeed. I'm sure we all oh, no, would, would be interested. I, I, listen, it, from from a journalistic point of view, and from yeah, a broader interest point of view, it's absolutely fascinating because you know this is. I think we're getting close. It's pretty close to unprecedented. I mean, the only comparison you can make really of a top flight club of this sort of stature is is Cathro at Hearts. But even mm-hmm. even Cathro at Hearts had. He, I would suggest it was less of a left field appointment than this. I don't actually left field appointment is not the right phrase because we all kind of knew it was going to happen. But you know what I mean. There was there was there was more sort of behind him that would point to a future manager of a Hearts than there would do than there was with Tam Court six months ago. Say so. You know, we are in kind of this, so it is absolutely yeah, fascinating. It, it waters, really it? is. It really is. But you can see, at, but on the other hand, I can totally see. And listen, we we we, ref, we have to reflect what Dundee United fans are saying as well. And there is a lot. And I know Jim, I take John's Jim's point about about you know you could ask a hundred different fans, you get a hundred different answers, and we're not got them in the grounds. But I think. I think they are entitled to feel a bit set back and go, "Whoa, what is? What are we doing here?" I think I think that from from speaking to certainly pals of mine who are who are United fans, and yes, I do have pals. Don't laugh at that. Um, it's I think that there, there is a bit of uh, there. I think the concern amongst the majority, right? And there are always outliers, as Jim's kind of touched on. That there are always activists amongst amongst fan bases who. Uh, whose concerns seem to be amplified above everybody else's, and, and, oh, they and shout the loudest. That's, they, that's yeah. what they do. But f- I think for the majority of fans, I, I I think while there might be a bit of low level kind of, oh, I'm not sure about this. I I think now that it's done, oh yeah, folk get their. Heads I do out tend there. to think yeah. folk are going right. Well, okay, let's go. Let's give it a chance. Let's see how it. Let's see how it goes. I think there is that sort of. It, it doesn't. It's not. It's. it's it's acceptance. I think people are like, yeah, okay, right. Well, this is the decision that's been made. And Jim's touched on this process that there's a club that's owned by two people. There's a sporting director and a finance director in place to run it on a day-to-day basis. They make the decisions. They've made this one. Right. Okay. Let's see what happens now. I think I think the most fans, the ones that you don't hear from on social media, that's probably reflective of, of, of the position of Dundee United fans, if you like. There will be outliers. There will be people who feel differently. There will be people for whom their feelings are a mishmash of of, of, of excitement, concern, whatever. It's, there is no one thing that's right or wrong. But, I mean, it, you, you can't let that inform your decision-making process either. And I, and I certainly don't think it has in this well, case. Well, haven't. No. <laughs> you know, it would have been, it would have been very easy to do to, to make a, di- a very different to appointment. Get spooked. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When Tam but but they haven't. Came out. No, no, exactly. So, in exactly. that sense, they've, they've held their nerve and, and there has been a lot of money spent. And so, yeah, of course, there's a risk. But this is this is the path that they've decided upon. And they haven't decided upon it five minutes ago. Oh, listen, they, I like. They decided when, upon it a long time I ago. Like, I, like, I do like the fact that it's all in. You know what I mean? I mean, I go back on what I was, you know, my own personal opinion would probably be that there was a. There was a middle way for Dun United that could have been. I'm not talking. About, you know, it doesn't have to be Stephen Robinson, but I did. I did feel that if if they felt in their heart of hearts that they were going to get to a Tam Courts, they could have done it in a couple of stages. But they've decided to go. But they have. They've decided to go all in, and you have to admire that. And Jim, they've gone all in with the fact that they haven't even backed it up with a, you know, the easy. And I think there was kind of, you know, it was kind of pointing to the, to the direction that it would be a. A real sort of experience number two. They haven't even done that. They've gone with you know it's a it's a young management team all across across the board. You know Stephen Frail's gone, so you know the this is they've fully fully committed to this. You know would you have would you have thought a a sort of you know a sort of Paul Sturrock John Blackley combination would have been the way forward, or do or do you like the fact that they've they've gone for a young coach beside a young manager? 
or sorry, young I, I, head coach I, I, and young I, assistant I, coach, whatever. I, I think that, that this it ties in with the philosophy of where the club want to go. I mean, I, I think I want to say to Stephen Thompson, but there's one or two ways I think you're on the football. The, the problem with youth development is you can't you cannot half embrace it. You cannot you know you, you cannot half give it a cuddle. You either have to fully embrace it. Or, or you go down the Brentford model and, and you go for diamonds and they're off and you say, you know what, youth development's not for us. Um, and, and, and I have to be honest, there's an argument to be made for that, for that as well. You know, picking up diamonds and they're off and, and, and simply going for the experienced pros and the guys that didn't quite make it elsewhere or you think you can rehabilitate and, and all the rest of it. United haven't gone for that. They, they've gone for this this wholehearted approach. Now, by the nature, uh, it's been some time in the process of, 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 of being built between, you know, the year in the championship, the year of, of COVID and all the rest of it. Uh, now it's kind of ready for the next stage of the plan. I think the thing I wrote in one of my courier columns recently was, you, you, you know, that's fine to embrace it and, it, and I quite like that idea. Um, you have to be prepared, however, to change if circumstances change. And, 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 and circumstances in football usually mean when you're getting thumped week in, week out, you know, but I mean, they're talking about Charlie McGrew maybe coming in at a quite successful wee loan spell, you may remember there. He would be an experienced pro. I don't think United are not going to have experienced pros about the place. And I do, I do reiterate this, Eric. You know, you've now got me torn between Thomas and Tom Courts, you know, but the United manager... It's is, of your own you know, making. It was of not, your own he, making. He's not a boy. He's 39, <laughs> Tommy. 39, 39 years of age. And, you know, I mean, and I know that I mean, a professional dressing room can, can be a, a, a tough place. But there's only one manager at the end of the day. There's only one coach at the end of the day. And, and given that you know we, we accept that he is apparently going to make the, the, the final choice on first team and all the rest of it. If you've got players who don't, who won't pay attention, who won't follow the instructions, who you know cock a snook as, as they used to say at one time, but the coach at the manager, that's fine. They won't be part of the plan. So that's where the strength of an individual comes in. And I fail to see why you would spend the length of time you did at a club like Kelty, who, who have made great progress o- over recent years, where you'd come across some pretty tough characters in junior football. I don't think you'll be a shrinking violet, you know. So um, you can make too much of this whole th- this whole thing. I mean, he has been at the club just, 18 months. Just out of interest, Jim, did you... I mean, we weren't doing podcasts back then, but um, did you think Ian Cathro would be a success at Hearts? Um, I, I was unsure, Eric, it was, it was the honest answer. Um, I mean, I, I never quite kind of bought into the whole thing about him being a laptop manager. And all that. I mean, I, I, I sat with Ian more than a few times over the piece, always tried, you know, always tried kind of from a journalist perspective when I was on staff at the BBC to, to help him out because I always liked to, to, to publicise the local area, local guys. Uh, and I thought he was, um, he, he, he knew what he was talking about. Sometimes I have to say he left me bamboozled in terms of what he was talking about. I, I think the biggest difference is, I think, you you, you know, in a modern age of, of analytics and sports science and, and artificial intelligence, which is coming into football and all the rest of it now, you embrace all, all, of, all of the modernity of football. I think you embrace it if it works. If, if, if it works, you take what the good that you can get from all of these things. Ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, as a coach, you are a teacher. And as a teacher or a coach, you are there to impart knowledge and the knowledge that you're imparting is here is the way we want the game played if i'm playing 352 here is your role as the three center backs here's your role as the two marauding wing backs here's your role as the two ball winning midfielders here's your role as the kind of as the holding midfielder uh, spraying the pot whatever you know it is about coaching, teaching, and the simplicity of message and getting your message across to the players. Now, you know, Courts has been in position, what was it, 18 months now, and he has impressed. And he will impress for a whole host of reasons. He will impress, he will have impressed Tony Asgar and, 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 and you know, Ogrins in America on the basis that they think he's doing a good job, he's a good communicator, he's, he's, he's bringing good young players through. And also he'll have impressed on the basis that this is the model they want to pursue. They don't want to bring in, um, you know, whatever, a Malcolm Mackay or a John Hughes or, or something like that. Because there are candidates they could have brought in. I mean, you know, I mentioned here last week Jim McInerney. Jim McAnally would have done a fine job. Knows the city, knows players, good be young players, good be older players. Um, I mean, I, I am no, you know, I, I think one thing that we overstate in football is tactical genius. You can be the greatest tactical genius in the world. You can see quite clearly, so the great managers see very quickly where things are going wrong in a park and how to address it. But you'd still need the personnel to address it. There's no any point in saying we're getting torn apart on uh, on the right side. So here I'm switching, you know, Joe to the left hand side, and I want you to sit tight on him and not let him get a kick the ball. If Joe still doesn't have the capability to tackle well enough or get close enough or to read what you know some mercurial winger is going to do, so you can be the greatest tactical genius in the world. You still have to develop the players 
to play it. Because first and foremost, in football, you require ability. You require heart, drive, um, you know, uh, aggressiveness, all of these things, winning your personal battles. But, but mainly you need ability. You know, if you've not got the ability, you, you, you just, you get nowhere. So I think it's all, this is a whole kind of, mishmash of a picture here. You know, I know that there are people, and United fans uh, who are saying, ah, Asgar's in it for himself. What is he getting out of this and all the rest? Yeah, you know, everybody in football, they're, they're in a job. Of course, they're in it for themselves. But ultimately, that has to tie in with the good uh, of the team. You know, now, the Dundee United uh, uh, owners and their sporting director have looked at courts. They've looked at the work he's done over a period of 18 months. They see the guy and deal with the guy on a day-to-day basis, as do the players. And they have seen something in him which they think can make the transition from youth coaching to first team coach. Only time will tell on that. Is it an ambitious appointment? Yes. Is it a dangerous appointment? Potentially. Is it a reckless appointment? I don't think so because you can change quite quickly. You know what I mean? (laughs) Plenty of clubs hire experienced managers and it turns out to be a disaster very, very quickly. Um, So... It's it's all of the above. It, it, it's you know it's it's um it's an intriguing one. Oh, it's fascinating. It's, it's a it's fascinating one. Fascinating. You know? Yeah. I mean, Sean. Before we wrap up on on this side of things, do I mean it's it's a question that we we can only speculate on because none of us have been close to being in a the first team dressing room of a of a Premiership club as a player. Do do we? I tend to do we over over-exaggerate how important it is for, I'm not talking shows your medals because not everybody can, you know, not everybody can be, come, you know, there's great, there's been great managers who have, who've not had, you know, plenty of them, not yeah. been Kenny O'Gleish basically, you know, they've been closer to the Alex Ferguson or even, even, you know, you know, even less, achieved even less than, than Fergie did in his playing career. But how important is it for players to look at a manager and think, basically instantly respect them and instantly sort of get gravitas coming back off them, that sort of thing. How relevant is that? I think with, with the nature of uh, of players being as it is and, and the, I suppose, egos, if you like, that, that can be at play uh, in a football environment, it probably is very important that there's a, a, a quick sort of right uh, 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 yes, exactly. A head coach comes in and, and delivers something, whether it's a message or a session or something that makes players sit up and go, "All right, yeah, I'm okay. having him." Yeah, yeah, this guy's got something about him, and and, and you know that, that can be achieved, as I say, with words. That it can be achieved with deed. It can be achieved with the help of your assistant. Certainly, I know you touched on Liam Fox coming in there, um, and I, I mean I, I've, I've spoken to. Certainly, a, a good pal of mine in football who who knows Liam quite well, and 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 obviously a pal will always speak well of a pal, but it's it's an a it's an educated viewpoint that I'm getting, you know, and and in terms of of him being a coach, you know, I'm I'm, I'm told, you know, that he's, he's he's natural sort of it's it's authority is maybe the wrong word, but it's everything that he, yeah, no, you mean that he delivers is well kind of. Him intellectual you know there's a lot of thought behind it informative to the point you know um everything's kind of thought through and i think that that's something that players will players will react to pretty well um so that can be a help to uh, thomas as well um down the line <laughs> yes there will there will be a need basically for 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 a buy-in Right from that first team because it's 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 fine that you've got buy in from academy players and you've got buy in from that'll be a given one sporting director that'll be a given, yeah the young yeah ones. of course yeah. of course and you've got buy in from the sporting director and from the board and and the owner and what have you but the, the first the first team will need to be won over <laughs> I think because that is that's that's the There's, environment in a football club with the biggest egos they are, are natural play. cynics and skeptics aren't they yeah footballers? they just they just are. You know? Of course, and and again, there'll be there'll be ones that, that the younger ones as well, but certainly senior players will be the ones who are getting to the point of 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 perhaps considering coaching careers themselves. They maybe already done some of their badges and what have you. And when they when they see a young management team coming in, they'll be looking uh, in, a, <laughs> in an automatically sort of critical way, not necessarily 
you know, in, in an aggressive way, but certainly they'll be they'll be judging everything that they're seeing, and that's only natural because they're they're at a certain point in their career where they're thinking about doing the same thing, and they'll be measuring themselves against what they see, and they'll be going, well, could I do that, or would I do it differently, or is that any good? Do I think is that something I would deliver? So that's the, 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 there are key older players in that dressing room who who need to who need to buy in because they're very influential, and they can they can. They can set the set the sort of mood of a dressing room, so that that will be a key first task. I think. I, I, I think you know, age to me is an irrelevance here, and I've always thought age was an irrelevance in, in, in a great many professions because there are. Some... Well, I don't think we are talking about age in this well, one. No, Jim, no, are we? but, but, we're talking, no, we're talking but, about. Yeah, well, yeah, Sean, Sean's uh, saying you can get you can get gravitas in, yeah. in, a, in a whole range of in a whole manner of different ways. I kind of broaden that out. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean age as such, but I mean, I think there's a kind of view that he's some kind of you know he's some kind of novice and, and hardened pros and all that. Well, there's two things. Two things. One, I mean, you know, a hardened pro in in, in, in a Dundee United dressing room isn't isn't any harder than a 29, 30 hairy arsed um, junior at Kelty, you know, in the days when he was there. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, somewhere somewhere along the line, you have to. Other junior footballers yes. available. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, somewhere along the line, you have to. Uh, I think that may be the first time I've ever used the, that, that word in a podcast. But never mind. My old mother will be burling in her grave. No, I mean, and I, I think eventually there will come a stage where you have to lay down the law. That's 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 the nature of things. I think the, the, you know the, the game changes. I mean, the game United, I think, uh, certainly think they're at the forefront of, of something new here in terms of embracing modernity, in terms of analytics, AI, all of these things. You know, sport. I mean, sports science and sports psychology are almost second hand now. I mean, anybody that's not using uh, these kind of things is really antediluvian. But. Um, you know, they're using all of that. Now, yes, that requires buy-in, um, but I'm not entirely sure, you know, what happens if players don't buy-in. I mean, if sufficient numbers don't buy-in, uh, then th- th- that's problematic. But I would imagine that United have got a fair idea already, and if they don't, then they haven't been well run. Uh, they'll have a fair idea already of the kind of reaction they're going to get from the, the first-team dressing room. Um, and it's not a first-team dressing room that, that's full of Methuselahs anyhow, you know. So um, you, you, you've got players there that, yeah, the first and foremost, they want to play. And if quite quickly they see on the training ground what the coach is trying to do works, and then if it translates to working more often than than, than not working uh, in first team games, then very quickly um, this will become a thing of the point. You know, there's, there's a history of players, never mind Alec Ferguson, who played you know at a decent level at Rangers and all the rest, and Jock Steen at Celtic, albeit neither of the two would have been classed as 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 you know top class players, um, then, you know, there are, did Mourinho play at any level? Did Wenger play at, at any great level? Some some great managers haven't played at any level, um, you know, so the, 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 this is undoubtedly it's risky, undoubtedly it potential, has the potential to go spectacularly wrong. It also has the potential to go spectacularly right, and that's that's what none of us know about. So this, this is the argument, you know, the, the, from what I can see, and, and, you know, United mates of mine, of which there are many, there's a degree of um, some are openly hostile, absolutely openly hostile, and, and and by the way, that goes to the root of the club. Some are openly hostile the way the, run, the club is being run. Um, some of them don't like the sporting director. That's the nature of things, you know. Um, the bulk of them, I think, that from my view, is is they're kind of open-minded, thinking, mm, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure about this, but you know, we support the club. Let's wait and see what happens. So I think on balance, you've kind of you've got the the urban terrorists, as you might call them, who are out there making all the noise, um, and those who kind of are stirring the pot, you know. Uh, and then the vast bulk who are, are, are open-minded, slightly concerned, but worried that it might go uh, completely askew, uh, but hoping um, that, um, you know, that it might be a great success. And the truth is, none of us know. None of us know. I, I always, I always say to people, here's the answer. Well, not here's the answer, but here's my question to you. Who would you have gone for? I like to say, put 20, 20 United fans in a room, put 20 fans of any club in a room, so who would be your manager? You get seven, eight, nine different responses. I mean, I've heard people saying things like, I know that we probably disagree on certain things. I've heard, I mean, I got on very well with Big John Hughes. I mean, the amount of times I've heard people describing John as some kind of country yokel whose kind of methods are up and at them. In fact... It's a very opposite. John Hughes was was way ahead of the game in terms of sports science and sports psychology years ago. I remember when he was up in Inverness, he used to cycle, I think, the 15, 50 miles each way from wherever he stayed to into the ground. He was very far ahead of the game in terms of modern modern methodology and all the rest of it. But people get things in their minds about certain people. Um, that said, and I'll, I'll, I'll bow out and, and stop kind of hogging the conversation here, but that said, um, ultimately in football, 
you know, it doesn't matter what modern methodology you use. You, you, you can you embrace all of the modernity of the things we've talked about, the modern artificial intelligence that predicts injuries and, uh, you know, analytics and, and, and heart rate and how many miles or kilometers people have run and all the rest of it and how many assists and, you know, the heat map, where, where possession has come from, where crosses have come from, all of that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, results dictate everything. And therefore, if Thomas Courts gets more good results than bad results, uh, United fans will be delighted. If, if he gets more bad results than good results, then that will leave Tony Asgar and the Ogrens with a problem. And all of that, you'd need a crystal ball to decide which way it's going to fall. Indeed, you would. Well wrapped up. No, enjoy. I think we've covered all the bases there. And listen, good luck to him. And, and it is going to be United are going to be... Th- I think it'll be the most, I mean, Celtic's going to be a bit interested with their new manager, but it's United are going to be possibly the most fascinating watch from a journalistic point of view and just a sort of general Scottish football point of view next season. It is, it is going to be intriguing. You know what it's like. You buy a new jumper or socks for Father's Day. Your dad makes appreciative noises, but folds the jumper aside and smiles. But if your dad or granddad was a football or rugby man when he was younger, we've got books with hundreds of never-before-seen photos which will show the interests, the passions, the great days, the best time of your dad's life. He will bury himself in these books for the rest of the day. This is the stuff he really, truly cares about. Yours will be the best gift he's been given in years. With books on Aberdeen FC, Dundee United, Celtic, Rangers, rugby, Scottish football internationals and even football grounds themselves where they'd have celebrated and commiserated as a boy. These big, beautiful books will feel like a substantial gift when you hand over the parcel. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 15% discount on the books in our Football in the Black and White Era series at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code GIFT15 at checkout. That's G-I-F-T-1-5 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And if this sounds like something you'd like, go on, treat yourself. Or maybe drop a series of heavy hints. Sure, I'll be James Mc, uh, across, across the street, James McPake and, uh, and Dave Mackay. New deals, nothing... No great shock there. They've earned them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they certainly have. They've done. They've done what they were asked to do. So, congratulations to them. You cannot cannot complain about that at all. Um, it, it, it was interested me that he got the championship man- manager of the year yeah, award. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Robbie Nielsen would have been furious. Oh, he would have done. Yes, he would have been furious. But I guess it goes to show what the expectations of what... It probably shows a few things, but, but uh, maybe that will get discussed on a Hearts podcast. But I suppose it, it it shows the, you know, basically Dundee getting up through the playoffs was probably, well, it was definitely a bigger achievement than than Hearts scooshing the league with, with all their wealth and, and all the rest behind them, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, you you could say that, um, and, and you know through through the entire season we were, I think we were, to be honest, probably a bit, probably a bit disappointed with Dundee through a lot of the season, to be quite frank, and and I think the supporters kind of felt the same, but it, it caught fire at the right time for them, um, and and you can't sniff at that because it's it's got them up to where they need to be, and that by the way is and we've spoken about this before, but that's that's not an easy route to take. Um, back to the Premiership by any stretch. Uh, that's very difficult, um, and 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 they performed really, really well when it mattered in those games at the end of the season. And actually, I mean, they played really well against Kilmarnock. I think, and all right, Kilmarnock were were just they, they didn't look like a Premiership football team at all. They, they barely looked like a football team at that point, but Dundee were very, very good against them. You can only beat what's in front of you, and they were they were excellent. And uh, I mean, if that's if that's a sign of of a group of players um, kind of coming together in a, in, a, in a system and a way of working underneath a manager, then uh, that I mean, what what can you say about that? That's exactly what you want um, from a manager. So fair play, to James McPake and uh, Dave Mackay, because they, they they appear to have put something together that that came came good at Dundee, and they're they're more than worth their new contracts and. And indeed, a crack at the Premiership as well. 
And Jim, in the in the awards season, Jason Kerr made it into the SPFL Team of the Year. I'm get, I'm actually getting more and more angry with every with, with every <laughs> passing award. Cup I that, feel that, your that anger, Steve. I mean, it's, I mean, listen. We're, we're, let's hope St- Steve Clark takes us into an uncharted territory in the Euros, and we'll have a great Euros. And I'm, I'm I am actually getting more and more angry that he's totally totally ignored. I mean, he's not even on any backup list, Jason Kerr, over the course of the year. I mean that. It's, it's shocking that he hasn't been close to a Scotland call-up, isn't it? I mean, you know, well, pro- <clears throat> I kind of a few months ago I was thinking, oh, I'm, are we getting caught? Are we too close to it? Do we do we watch him too often? Is it? Are we coming at this from the wrong angle? But he's quite he's 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 edged out another couple of Rangers centre backs out of that team of the year. There's there's whoever other ones you you care to mention. He should have been he should have been in that Scotland squad, shouldn't he? Well, he was <clears throat> he was more than worthy of consideration, Eric. There's no doubt about that. I think you're right. When you you know when, when you watch players, um, you know, as a local journalist, week in week out, of course you, you you get an actual attachment to your area, to your club, to individual players, and all the rest of it. But ultimately, you 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 know, you, your judgment comes down to watching him and watching the opponents that, that you know that are playing in a similar position to him week in week out. And you look at him and you think he has. I mean, he has. He. I think this season in particular, he's absolutely blossomed. You know. Um, and I look at him and I think, could he do as good? Could he have done as good a job as what we have? Uh, in the centre of that defence uh, or you know that, that back oh, line I mean, of course I he could of course he could you know, I, I mean I, if you, Declan Gallagher even Jack Henry oh, I mean just go just go through them I mean it's no he's but yeah it's, I'm not even talking about the St Johnson should have been recognised for winning two cups route I'm just talking you know Jason Kerr purely on, on the way he has played football this season Sean if there's any sort of reward Recognition of of a stunning season, you know he should have got it. I I I, I couldn't disagree with you at all. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and it, and it feels a bit. I feel a bit bad singling boys out, but I can't help it. I think in in, in particular with with Declan Gallagher, I think he's very lucky to be there. I think I think he's 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 in there because of his previous relationship with with the national team manager. Um, and because he's been part of the squad before as well, and that, I mean to an extent that's understandable because you you want you want a consistency of of of, of environment if you like the environment that players give you, um, what they create within a squad. Uh, there's you're used to having consistency there, but in terms of football played, Jason Kerr's been head and shoulders above him this season, and. I'll know. I'll know. Hear a word different. Yeah, Liam, Liam, God, Liam Gordon was head and shoulders above Declan yeah. Gallagher. Jamie McCart was yeah. as well in a different type of position. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Jason, I mean, what what more can we say about? I mean, he's just he's 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 never mind a, a great defender at St Johnston. He's he's a good football player as well. He's he's very very good well, in the ball. The he's turned into a great uh, leader. <coughs> you know. The yeah, only thing I would too. say. The only thing I would say on this is uh, he's what twenty four now, Jason. Um, he's at an ideal age to come out the side after the European oh, Championships yeah, yeah, for, yeah, a yeah, gonna... <laughs> for a World Cup, for the World Cup qualifiers, <laughs> for the big tournament. You've just had a, you've just had a text for Declan Gallagher's <laughs> father-in-law, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got for going on Declan's uh, father-in-law, Stevie Martin. Listen, oh, listen, by the way, I, I have to say I kind of, I, I didn't get involved in the Gallagher one because I actually think Gallagher's a very decent player. Um, and I, there's there's the problem. I mean, who who's, who do you sacrifice? But uh, you know, is Kerr as good as anything in the battle? Line. Yes, and, and my view is, and I think he's blossomed this season. And I don't think for a moment that this is one of these. It's, it's probably not an Andy Considine moment where Andy's kind of, you know, Andy will be very disappointed. I thought at, at no being in the Scott squad this time round. Um, and my suspicion is probably at his age. You know, it, it's been a, a, an enjoyable wee period for him, but it's gone. Um, for Jason Kerr, the, the, the bonus is that. You know, is he is likely? I think. I suspect he's likely to feature sometime in the future. Uh, probably after he's left Saints, as as all. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting. Cynics will say, but there we go. <laughs> just to, before we finish up, Sean. I mean, there's, it's, you know, United have been the big news story, and with Saints, there's a couple of wee stories there. I mean, I think where St Johnston get absolutely, they get a lot of things absolutely spot on, but the Scott Tans are one. They don't get involved in arms race. In arms races with with players like you know if you if you're gonna if you're gonna prioritise and and you know pay big money you don't pay it for cover left backs do you so to to sort of bow out of that one was was very very that was common sense business wasn't it I think so and and if you think about the players that that 
maybe it has been that sort of situation with in the past. I don't, I'm sure that managers highlighted this before. It might have been Tommy Wright actually, but not too many of these players who've who've taken the decision to go elsewhere um, have, have prospered. Oh, it'll be a short. Pod, it'll be a short podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's it, and it. I mean, I suppose I, I can definitely understand from a player's perspective if if you if you want to if if you want to be sort of maybe he he feels that St. Johnson with Callum Booth coming in and playing such a big role that that he's kind of been marginalised and and he doesn't want to play that backup kind of role. Um, maybe maybe you would say that you know you would you would want him to back himself to to get back into that squad to push Booth and and to take the place back because you know we've seen good good he's, things yeah, from he's him played good games, over a yeah. couple of good seasons over a couple of seasons so um, I don't think any St Johnson fan would have been averse to him staying I think people would have been quite happy to have him there uh, but I mean he's he's taken the decision that he feels he's got a better chance of playing football at St Mirren. Uh he's probably got a bit more money off of him as well so off he pops and. Uh, just as St Johnston fans would have been quite happy to have him, uh, I don't think anybody's going to be too upset that he's gone either. You should always be careful about moving for the money. I was offered, I was offered more by another publication for my column, but I thought the prospect of working with Sean Hamilton <laughs> <laughs> and Eric was just too good to turn down. <laughs> now, now we're really getting into the world of fantasy. I think that's what we've got. We've got to finish it up there before. I didn't, I didn't think. I didn't think the Carnoustie Guiding Gazette had that much money. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, yes indeed. And that's when's your next rectorship appointment? Is that one? Did you jump ship because you've been headhunted by St Andrews or something? I've been running a mile. Actually, I'm not a touch on politics, but having read what happened to the the Edinburgh University rector who just uh, who just chucked, well, just left after oh, her three year oh, period. Thank, thank yeah. goodness I'm out of it all. <laughs> there you are. Before you take us into legal territory again, Jim, I think we'll wrap it up right there. Thank you very much again, gentlemen, and thank you once again for listening. Back next week. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.